Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. With your host, Dr. Mary Sanders, a medical intuitive and chiropractor. Let's join the podcast. Listeners, welcome back to today's show of the podcast, Energy Medicine. With me today is going to be a treat for you is a lovely lady by the name of Paula Robbins. Paula is a metaphysical hypnotherapist and soul coach. She's helped thousands of people globally to release trauma and find freedom within. Her heart of service comes from the idea of paying it forward, as Paula herself has done a tremendous amount of healing from trauma and addiction. Welcome to the podcast, Energy Medicine. It is my honor to hold space for you today. And I just want to say, I love your title. I think it's incredibly catchy. Nobody who's listening to AAA is going to think about align, allow, and ascend. But what a beautiful way to view the healing process and the healing journey. So thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really honored to be here. I, I I love those of us who are putting this kind of message out into the world to help people really connect from the inside out. Yeah, absolutely. But I have to say, um, I think the two of us align in that our life experiences are, have what led us to hold space for others in their healing journey. And I know that you have kind of an interesting story as to your own history of trauma and healing and addiction. And I think it would be beneficial for the listener to get an understanding as to how you ended up being who you are today. So are you comfortable sharing your story with us? Sure, sure. So I grew up here in Colorado and I was, I grew up in a, what I jokingly call an above average dysfunctional family. So it certainly wasn't easy. And by the time I was 12 years old, I turned to self-abuse. So I, I grew up with a long line of alcoholism and addiction. At 12, I started using and drinking. And at the same time, having a very clear knowing, I want to break the chain. I do not want to grow up and be an adult that's so struggling in life. I want to do better. And at the same time, some of this addiction and alcoholism was almost unstoppable. And at 16, I knew I was in trouble. At 18, I really wanted to stop. And at 20 is when I found recovery. And a lot of the times I'll say I didn't find recovery until I was 20 years old. And yet when you look at the statistics, you'll see that 20 years old is a pretty young age to find recovery. That was in February of 1988. So I've been in recovery for 35 years. I'm very grateful to say that I never did go back to drugs or alcohol. Got sober. I got married. I started a, a family. I have two beautiful adult daughters. I started a career in corporate America. And I managed in recovery to work with a lot of people in service and as a volunteer to support their recovery. So I was a 12-step sponsor and I did a lot of other things with youth at risk and other organizations because it's just 
kind of a, a matter of the heart. And in my career, I was in the staffing and recruiting industry for 16 years. And that's a career of service too. I worked with hundreds of people to help them with their resumes and their career path and several corporations with culture and, and hiring and finding the right people to maintain a, a productive and profitable environment. And somewhere around my 13th year in corporate America, I, I was in management by now and I was really just becoming kind of disgruntled with the corporate America model, especially the organization I was in at the time. And I started praying. You know, my entire life of recovery was based on a spiritual foundation and learning how to apply spiritual principles to your life to better yourself, to help others, to stay grounded, all of the above. And I just started praying, you know, God, where do you want me to be? I know that it's not here anymore. And over the course of the next three years, I kind of struggled and fumbled and explored a couple of avenues. And then in 2006, I went to go visit a hypnotherapist. And I had no intention of speaking to her at all about career. In fact, I went to see her for weight loss. <laughs> and in my very first conversation with her, which was not a session, it was just a consultation, I knew right away, this is it. This is what I, I'm going to do. This is the path. And then it was this snowball effect of the training was just a couple of months later. There was a bonus check that I, I to this day, can was never able to really calculate how was there this much money that afforded my training, my transition, support to take care of my children. There was so much to it. And I had free office space for two years. And it just all came together very, very quickly. There's a couple of fun little synchronistic stories in there about how it all aligned. And I went to school in 07. I started my practice late 07, early 08. And the rest is history. I mean, I've been doing this now for 15 plus years, and I still love it. I still enjoy working with people one-on-one. -on -one. I, in 2009, started a network of other healers. We all do the same thing. There are six of us, and we have, since 2009, helped literally hundreds of people in over 40 countries with the type of hypnotherapy. Cellular release therapy is one of the primary modalities that we use. And it's just been a very honorable and courageous and beautiful gift to get to help people in this way of really looking within to heal and live a better life throughout. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that with us, Paula. It gives us kind of like this overarching theme as to who you are, um, a beautiful person and a beautiful spirit that you are. Now, I've got a couple of questions, if you don't mind me asking. And I'm assuming that if you were really having some insights at the age of 18 saying, you know what, I'm destined to have a better, in a, a more, a life without struggle, a life without alcoholism or drugs. Did you have um, the experience, I'm going to say role models, but that's not the right word. Did you have other relatives that were suffering from alcoholism? Did you see, did you have those role models, both positive and negatives that influenced you 
to say, I want something different and I am going to be committed to my healing journey? It's a tough question to answer. I will say that I love my family and all of their dysfunction to no end, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there were no positive role models. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, I was a highly unsupervised youth mm-hmm. and I, I kind of flailed and kind of floundered trying to figure things out on my own. And there were some adults in my life as a youth that I had a lot of respect for that I was able to look at and say, okay, I think that's a version of an adult that I'd like to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, once I stepped into recovery at such a young age, at 20, I met many, many people that, you know, I love just as much as I love my family, Mm -hmm. who were great mentors and great examples of what is a functional adult Mm -hmm. that really helped me find the path myself. So when I'm listening to you, and I guess the nature of my question really goes back to, do you feel as though when you were doing your trauma healing, that you were doing intergenerational trauma healing, that you were doing, yeah. And I think that that's so important for the listeners to really comprehend that when you do have, I'm going to say the wiring, the neurological wiring or the genetic makeup that predisposes you to addictions. I think that, you know, the healing not only is courageous, knowing that you're doing it for yourself, but the healing also retrocausally affects those people that came before you, those generations that came before you. And there's no doubt, Paula, you and I would agree that the healing that you did for yourself is transferring into your daughter and um, your soon-to-be second grandchild as well. So it, it helps shift the healing path and the paradigm for the future as well. Yes. And what's cool about that is that the generation of the present day is attuned to what is generational healing, what is ancestral healing, and how do we in our present existence have an impact on generations, not only upcoming, but prior to our presence. Mm-hmm. So they see that and they acknowledge that and they recognize that there is generational healing that they've been impacted by directly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That excites me. Me too. <laughs> that excites me to no end. And so when you were, I mean, that is, I agree with you, 20 or 21, to go on your healing journey not only takes courage, but it takes a sense of autonomy to say, I'm breaking this pattern. I don't care what my family has done in the past. This is something different for me. So did you align yourself with AA at that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was NA, Narcotics Anonymous at the time. Okay. And even though my drug of choice was alcohol, (laughs) um, it was Narcotics Anonymous that I, in the beginning of my recovery, really give credit to saving my life. I mean, at 20 years old, I had moved to California and I was wild. I was wildly reckless. I was a very volatile blackout drinker. It didn't really matter what the substance was. I had no hesitation abusing it at the time. And when I met the people in NA, here was these people that had light in their eyes and these people who had overcome extensive, extreme addiction and prison time and, 
near-death experiences and they're going to work on time and they're paying their bills. And we were gratefully at the time we were riding around on Harleys and just had this great group of people that were living. They were living well and they were having fun. And I didn't really know the difference between, you know, at the time of you can have fun without drugs and alcohol. I'd kind of started my drinking under that premise, but it wasn't fun anymore. And here I am clear-eyed, clear-minded, and I was having a blast. Some of it was really hard because I started having to acknowledge, oh my gosh, emotions come with, you know, being sober. (laughs) Um, That was a challenge, but it was so beautiful to just, I I fell in love with it right away, right away. And I think that's why I'm one of those who came in to recovery and stayed. I've not ever had a rebound into drinking or drugging. And I'm so grateful for that. I know a lot of effort went into that and conscious choices. And I think you're so very fortunate because that's not always the case for those that are suffering from addictions as well. But I am curious though, Paula, so you did a pretty conventional route for overcoming the addictions, And yet it was probably about, you said maybe 13, 14, however many years later that you finally discovered hypnotherapy. So then my question is, when you started doing hypnosis, whether you were receiving or holding space for other people, did you go further in your healing journey, looking and revolving around the genetics of addictions? That's a great, great question. So I was 20 years sober when I became a hypnotherapist. And what happened in the beginning of my training as a hypnotherapist, I was training under a woman who also, one of my dearest mentors, she was also sober. And I had done, in in my 20 years of sobriety, I had done a lot of step work. I had worked with shaman. I had worked with, you know, psychiatrists and psychologists. I had done a lot of different forms of therapy and healing. And when I became a hypnotherapist, we were in a training class one day. She's, she's a mentor and, and a woman who taught me a great deal. She made the statement that the 12 steps are brilliant, but they're not enough. And I remember when she said it, I was extremely offended. I was like, who are we to say whether or not they're enough, right? I mean, they are brilliant. And some people, that's the only healing that they'll ever get. and. I took it so personal. And then I had to really step back as to one, why did I have such a trigger from that statement? Two, I had done a lot of other work besides the step that was really incredible. And now I'm really moving into this subconscious, soulful, deeply metaphysical shifting as a student of hypnotherapy and a client of hypnotherapy who's going to be a hypnotherapist that was so life altering and so much more deeply shifting than anything I'd ever done that I had to truly give it deeper credibility. And I was like, okay, okay. Healing just is truly the ever proverbial onion. Mm -hmm. You know, every layer can show you something deeper. That is such a gift. If you really can 
look at it and address it and face it and heal it. So, you know, it's, it's never just, it's never what we think it is, quite honestly. There's always more. So very true. And when I think about the title of the technique that you and your network are, are holding space for, and that being cellular release therapy, I mean, we're getting down to the cellular matrix, the DNA programming of, you know, the addiction, the trauma that are associated with that. And I think, yes, we can go through sobriety without doing some of the hypnotherapy and additional modality that, you, that you're talking about. But once we get down into the trauma, the origin that's deeply rooted within us, and let's face it, listeners, we are so brilliant at hiding these deeply rooted traumas that we know how to tap foot around them without addressing those core issues. So what's it like as a therapist to hold space um, for other people that are looking to heal their addictions and their traumas utilizing the cellular release therapy? It's incredibly fulfilling. It is incredibly rewarding. It is incredibly honoring. I mean, people ask me a lot when I, when I mention the term, like I'm a trauma specialist. That's one of the primary focuses of my work. And they ask, is that like really exhausting? Do you end the day feeling pretty worn out? How, how does that impact you? And when I have a super heavy client load, yes, my, my brain can get tired, but my soul is full. And a lot of that has to do with, because I've done so much of this myself, and I know what shift the clients and, and individuals I'm going to be supporting or going to experience. It's just such a gift. Mm -hmm. So I know what they're going to experience in their healing journey of feeling lighter, of unloading so, so much baggage, for lack of a better term. <laughs> mm -hmm. It is really just a gift to know that they're going to have incredible transformation. They're going to have awarenesses that they didn't know were there. They're going to not only stop suppressing and hiding the trauma, they're going to learn a sense of appreciation and gratitude for what it has gifted them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in overcoming it, you know, because sometimes people come in and, and they're, they're hopeless and they are stuck and they are in a state of fear and anxiety and depression or addiction and they don't really know if there is truly the possibility of a solution mm -hmm. and then when they start experiencing the healing and they start recognizing that okay i'm somewhere underneath all of this the real authentic healthy joyful version of me it, there's just no greater gift than to get to witness that. Paula, that was so beautifully said. And I want to highlight a few of the things that you suggested in that, in that last couple of minutes. And one is transformational healing is not easy. Listeners, I don't think she ever said easy in the last couple of sentences. But it is rewarding. I did hear, hear her say that. 
And then I also heard her say in a roundabout way that it creates the space for a person to have more self-compassion. Because as they witness their traumas, from whatever perspective that they choose to witness it, they can see the truth in it and have more self-compassion. So it's all worth it. I mean, we, we, we never said easy, people. We didn't say easy, but we are definitely saying well worth the effort. Thank you for that. I would definitely I really agree. You know, when we look at healing work, no, it is not easy. It is. It, it requires a great deal of courage to mm-hmm. look within to where there are shadows and where there is some heaviness. And I think the ultimate goal for us as souls is to feel more empowered, to honor ourselves, to love ourselves. And I'm a facilitator. I use the term holding space for people a lot as well, but I, I love the term facilitator. Because when I do this work, I am facilitating for someone to come to a place of permission within to release some of the heaviest shadows and weight and trauma that they carry. And once they grant that permission to release it, and as a facilitator, I make the directive for them to release it at the cellular level, at the soul level, from the energy body, to literally, and and intuitively speaking, I I have the gift of, one, I'm very highly claircognizant, I have a knowing, but I also have sight and I watch the energy leave and I watch the traumas and the emotions and all of that literally leave the client's energy field. It's such a cool witness to see and know that as they lighten up and in addition, call back some of the energy that's fragmented, some of the energy that's left them in the heart of trauma and they get to retrieve that and heal it and become more whole and clean. Whoa, the empowerment that you witness and the self-honor and the self-love. I think that's truly the intention divinely for us. That is the metaphysical allowing and aligning. Mm-hmm. Let's love and honor and empower who we really are. You know, you can't provide yourself with a greater gift than that. And I have to say that I when I look at, and I want to say this in a way that, that everybody will be able to really understand what I'm saying, and, and that I find spirits that are fully inhabited within their human home going through the transformational process, going through the work that it takes to reclaim the essence within their cellular being so incredibly attractive. And I think so do they. Well, I mean, if you can reflect on your own healing journey and you can see, I mean, take the grand grand view, the bird's eye view, the big picture of the then when you were probably in one of your heaviest or darkest or deeper shadow places to where you are today, I bet you can see so much beauty mm-hmm. like I do when I look at you of that glow, of that light in your eyes, of the shiny heart, right? I mean, you know where you've come from and where you are. And it doesn't mean there's not more because guess what? Oh, there's but wait, more. there's more. <laughs> <laughs> How humbling is that truth? Absolutely. I can say, I can, from speaking from personal experience that my healing journey will never be done. I fully acknowledge that. 
Um, however, I am humbled when I'm when I go up against an issue that I've faced so many times, and I I put my hands in a moment of surrender and say again. And my spirit says, yes, again, meaning that there's there's more to that, that, you know, more healing underneath that I get to witness or that I get to experience. So, yeah, I find it humbling. And there's a certain amount of humor that I'm starting to, to laugh about it as well. So and, and, and listeners, I have to share with you, I'm looking at Paula um, on the video screen and she has a beautiful smile and she's nodding herself. Like if you could hear her, she's like, yep, yep. yeah no I mean I I know there's so much more for my healing journey and I've come a long way baby (laughs) there is more Mm -hmm. there is a level of ascension that I still can see some and then some of it goes beyond this physical body Mm -hmm. you know I don't know where I go when I leave this place but I know it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I hope to arrive in whatever this next level is, with a the light in my eyes, with that sense of hope, with that knowing that no matter how heavy it gets, how dark it gets, how bewildering it may be, that the struggle has value. There's something I'm learning, something I'm gaining. I agree. So Paula, when somebody reaches out to you and they say, okay, so I'm not sure, Paula, if you're the right person to help me through this journey. Do you have an opportunity for listeners to explore a relationship with you? Do you have like a consult that you can get to know somebody? And then you decide if it's a good working relationship for the two people. If it's not for you, maybe it's somebody within your network. Um, because I know that, you know, your schedule is is at the level that you're referring a lot of people out, but can you share with us what that looks like? What does the process look like? Yes. So when somebody comes to our website and it's sunlitpathways.com and they look at one-on-one sessions, there's a cellular release therapy consultation page. And there's a video there that has like a, a presentation explaining what it is. There's a demonstration of what it is. And then they can choose to sign up for a consultation. In fact, we require the consultation. And the consultation's like anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes, kind of depending how the conversation goes, where we learn a little bit about what's their background, what are they aiming to heal. We share with them, here's some things that, you know, we can offer you as some at-home practices that are free towards your goals. Here's what cellular release therapy is. Here are the preparation steps should you choose to go forward. But it's a no obligation conversation because one, the work of cellular release can be pretty intense. And I would not allow anyone to step on the path one-on-one without really understanding what they're about to do because we're diving into the deeper ethers of the subconscious, of the trauma history, of the tough experiences, of the life themes. And some people, they, we've got to prepare and make sure that they really know this is what we're about to do. And all of the specialists have, we, we do that with a consultation. My schedule is very limited. Yes, right now, I am pretty much about three or four weeks out for even a consultation. And most of the people who are coming in online or we have four referral partners that are some fairly large 
um, influencers or influences in the world that send people to our network. And that's, that's why we work with people in so many countries is because, you know, there's a functional medicine doctor, there's an integrative nutritionist, there's a big time author, there's just some people who we love, they love us, and they send a lot of people to the network. And that's how they get in touch with one on one and establish, is this path right? Is this the therapy I want to try? You know? Yeah. That sounds like a very healthy way to approach a relationship, you know? Um, lay it out all, all on the line and say, this is what we expect from you and this is what you can expect from us. Listeners, I know that Paula just kind of ran through her website. So I want to make sure that you understand it's sunlitpathwaysplural.com. So S U N L I T. P-A-T-H-W-A-Y-S dot com. And on that website, you'll be able to find the network of uh, practitioners that Paula is alluding to, and you'll be able to find the links for scheduling the consult. And I think you'll also find, I found the website to, to be, a, it's, there's knowledge in there. You're going to want to read about the services and the, and the modalities. Um, I know that they offer one-on-one, and I believe that there are some group uh, activities as well. They have a calendar of events letting you know what's happening. I believe there's also a segment just on meditations as well. So it's a website that you should be familiar with, and I would invite you to check that out. Now, Paula, um, I just have to tell you that I have a tremendous amount of gratitude for you and in all that you are holding space for. I know that you're a facilitator, as I am, and I know you don't take credit for the healing journey of others, nor do I. So I applaud you in having done the work yourself, being vulnerable enough to share the experience with other people, and to being be real about you know the whole transformational process, which you were today on the on the podcast. So thank you, thank you for allowing, sharing your time with us today. And thank you for being you. Well, thank you again for having me and and back at you, sister. I mean, (laughs) look at what you've done and look at what you're putting out into the world. You know, you are working with people one-on-one. You are sharing stories of inspiration of others who are doing the same thing that people, they want to know that it's possible. And you're just right there putting it out there for all to see that it is possible. Mm, Thank you. My heart is full. My heart is full. And so listeners on that note, please stay tuned until after the message. You have been listening to the podcast, Energy Medicine, where we are aligning your mind, body, and spirit with energy-based modalities. For more information about Dr. Mary Sanders or our podcast, please check out our website at www.drmarysanders.com. Thank you for listening.